This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for being with us on this Sunday morning. Well, we talk a lot about the ongoing opioid crisis, uh, the number of drug overdose deaths, and we talk about treatment, we talk about harm reduction. Those tend to dominate headlines when talking about this story. But what about the enforcement side? And that is what my next guest is here to talk about, because Dermot Travis, who is the executive director of Integrity BC, has written about this. And Dermot joins us on the line now. Good morning. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. Uh, Walk us through a bit uh, your uh, concerns, what you've written about uh, in the Georgia Strait, uh, about when it comes to enforcement and the opioid crisis. Well, you almost get the sense that BC is on the front line of this crisis. And one of the things I wanted to look at was how other provinces were coping with the crisis as it moved east. And one of the first things that I noticed is that we're not really on the front line. This crisis was developing across Canada all at the same time. And what's most remarkable but remarkable about it is how the enforcement is handled in other provinces. What we're not seeing in British Columbia to the same degree as we see in Alberta, Ontario, and Quebec are the types of seizures and the types of police raids that are taking place. And I think one of the most remarkable ones for me was because I lived in Montreal for 25 years. On August 25th, two men in their 50s were found lifeless in a car at a gas station. Ultimately, it was shown that they had both died of fentanyl. But literally within six weeks, the police in Montreal and Laval had conducted raids. They'd arrested 13 individuals linked to those two deaths. And the chief of police made it clear that his priority for drug enforcement in the Montreal region was going to be any dealer that laced any drug with fentanyl. Loud and clear, drug dealers watch the news just as much as everybody else in society, they'll hear that message too. And I think it was an important message to get out. And I think that the police in British Columbia, we're we're policed very differently in this province, have to step up as well. And how we're policed differently is that seven out of every 10 police officers working local beats in British Columbia are RCMP. No other province outside of Atlantic Canada has that proportion. And what it means is that those communities do not have police boards. We only have roughly 13 police boards in B.C. to set community policing priorities. And in those cases, they're generally stacked with donors to the B.C. Liberal Party left over from the former government, not stacked with individuals who have expertise in policing. Uh, do you think that would make a difference, though? Because if you look at two, like Vancouver and Delta, both are municipal police forces, and, and it doesn't appear that there's been a huge number of arrests or a crackdown on dealers in either of those places. And if you look at Surrey, quite frankly, you would see the same thing. But what's interesting with Surrey, which is our CMP, is that while their numbers for drug offenses have remained relatively steady, when you drill into their numbers between 2011 and 2016, what you see is an increase in drug offenses for marijuana possession. And you see a decrease in hard drug possession. And so I guess it comes back to what do you want for your community to establish as a priority? And are we going to ensure that not only do the police have sufficient resources uh, to attain those priorities, but the court system also has sufficient 
resources to maintain uh, the prosecution end of the deal. Because if you look, even on Vancouver Island this week, there was a drug bust in Duncan. It looked, based on the news stories that I've read, including one out today, that this investigation was going on for months before the police acted, the RCMP in this case. If you go back to May 30th, 2013, there was a fentanyl story in Vancouver and there was a fentanyl story in Montreal. In Vancouver, it was the uh, chief medical officer, Dr. Kendall, issuing a warning, his first warning about fentanyl being in the system and that I believe uh, the number was 23 people had died the year before. In Montreal, they were announcing a seizure of 300,000 pills of fentanyl after a four-month investigation. I think we're going to end up with better enforcement if we're also looking at comparative illustrations between provinces to see how they're handling it. They're not having the number of deaths, actual R per 100,000, that BC is facing. And there may be a reason for that, and it may be in the enforcement. I, I, I agree with you in that, and and I remember back to, and I don't remember the actual date, but it was a night in Vancouver where there had been a number, the number was something like eight or nine people had died in a 24-hour period of fentanyl overdoses, and the police chief was speaking, and all of these people were speaking about the crisis, and I put the question to the chief, you know, if if what are you doing to, to find the people who dealt this drug? Because if somebody had gone out last night and shot nine people, there would be SWAT teams in the streets, there would be a huge effort to find that person and to bring that person to have that person charged and and pay the penalty. Whereas it seems like there's uh, the the answer given was well we we have teams on it we have crews on it it's part of a bigger investigation but it doesn't seem like the enforcement side and maybe it's because the court systems don't back it up but I'm not sure but it doesn't seem like it's got the same uh, level of of urgency. Not at all. And you go again in Ontario. Uh, there was a couple, a young couple, who died in February of this year uh, of fentanyl. They were found in their home uh, four days later. And within eight months, uh, the Ontario Provincial Police, with the help of the Ottawa and Gatineau Police, had shut down a major gun and drug operation potentially linked to those deaths. In the case of the Montreal situation, what did one of the police officers have to do that led uh, to the ultimate raids and arrests that they made linked to those deaths, he had to reach in and grab a cell phone to look for the last number dialed. Some of this is not particularly sophisticated investigation techniques that are required, but rather a commitment from local enforcement backed up uh, by both the local municipal governments as well as the provincial government that this is going to be a priority. If they don't make it an investigation enforcement priority, then they're going to be left with it being a public health priority as it is now. But we're going to leave our first responders and social workers on the front line all alone. And that's not right for them either. Uh, you mentioned in the piece that you wrote as well the case in Delta, and uh, I was fascinated by that. And you point out the fact the the alleged dealer's father uh, spoke to media. He was quoted in the in the National Post about this. Uh, I remember going out there to cover it. Uh, I had people telling me within twenty minutes who the dealer was. Everybody knew who the dealer was. But again, we don't see criminal charges. We don't see anything like that. And that's something I think that uh, our, our new government is going to have to step up on. Uh, if we still had the former government in place, they would have to answer for it. But 
it comes back to a fear that I have, that the justice system has been so starved of funds for everything from uh, prosecutors to sheriffs that they simply can't cope with the number of charges that they should be laying. And I look at uh, a story in the Vancouver Sun and Province this weekend that two drug dealers, uh, in, mar- in this case marijuana, had their uh, tr- uh, charges thrown out because of the time delay of bringing them to trial. If that is the message that police on the front line are hearing, they will have that nagging doubt in their head as to whether or not this investigation is a worthwhile use of their time if the charges at the other end are going to be thrown out. We also have to look at the fact that B.C. requires a Crown prosecutor to actually do the laying of the charges, whereas in Ontario and Quebec, the police officer can do both the arrest and the charge. The Crown prosecutor can ultimately decide not to proceed, but they have that one-stop capacity to do both ends. Something else we might want to look at. Uh, I think many people would agree uh, agree with you. Have you had much reaction after writing the piece? I have, actually, and, and, and interestingly enough, quite positive reaction, and a positive reaction even from you know the political left in British Columbia. I think people are fed up with watching people die literally on the street and seeing very little action done to bring the very specific dealers that are responsible uh, for these deaths to justice. And Grand Prairie, small town, community, 65,000 people, has the RCMP. This year, so far in 2017, they've arrested 11 individuals, seized more than 1.4 kilograms of cocaine, 1,700 fentanyl pills, and $64,000 in cash. That is almost comparable to the entire tally for the RCMP in 2016 in British Columbia. Something is amiss in this picture. All right, Dermot, we'll leave it there, but thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, Joe. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.